Bibles or your phones or your iPads, and let's uh, turn to the book of Isaiah. I've been meditating on this text, and I just feel impressed to share it with you. Um, Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. And it's one of those texts that I, I want to encourage you to highlight and to look, look, look into those days when you're feeling just that the world is too much, that the kids are too much, that your job is too much, that the medical condition you are experiencing is too much. So the word of God says, you will keep, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, you will keep in perfect peace those who put their trust in you. Those whose thoughts are fixed on you. For he, the Lord God, is the eternal rock. There's many of us who need to hear that word this morning because we've come with a lot of heaviness. And then there are those of us who have just come and we just needed just a word. And so I hope that that will bring, just as we start, some encouragement to somebody in this room and that you meditate on that as you continue your journey in this life. Uh, Before we start, I want to invite you, as always, to just pray with me. Lord, we need you every hour of every day. I would even reduce it down to every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every year. We need you, Lord. And even though you don't necessarily need us, you want us. And so we humbly just come to you and we lay our thoughts, we lay our burdens, we lay our joys, and we lay this word at your feet. I am your servant. I have done my part. And the rest is up to you, Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Amen. So my text this morning, if you have your Bibles or iPads, whatever you use to read the Word of God, I invite you again to come to the book of Genesis, book of Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. Uh, My Bible study group and I have started the book of Genesis, and it is a fascinating book. We're only reading two chapters a week and come together once a week to just really go dig deep into this book because these stories are so familiar to us. If you've you've been raised or grown up in in a church culture that we can sometimes overlook some of the nuances and the nuggets that are tucked away in this book. So I will begin to read. Again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says... Verse 22, then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. Hmm. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Hmm. Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished So the Lord God banished 
It already feels a little bit rough there. The Lord God banished, banished them from the Garden of Eden. And then he sent Adam out. He sent him out of the place he had placed him to work the garden. But now he is sending him out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. And after sending them out, Adam and Eve, the Lord God stationed a mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, I have to admit, the first time I read this, when I read verse 24, it sounded very Star Wars-ish. That lightsaber just kind of going back and forth right there, trying to keep people out. And I, and I have to admit, I kind of struggled with the text because for chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis, we see this God who keeps saying everything is good, everything is good. And Adam and Eve are talking with him, walking with him. They're spending time with him. And then we get to chapter 3. If Genesis 1 and 2 is the beginning of, of everything and creation... Chapter 3 clearly is the deconstruction of what God had intended in his original plan. And so I struggled because there is this juxtaposition. There is these two faces of God so early on in the scripture where we see him for two chapters just being so generous. And then all of a sudden he's banishing human beings. He's sending them outside of the very place where they are most protected. And he's sending them out, not just to any spot. He's actually sending them out to the furthest part of the Garden of Eden. It's the side of the city that nobody goes and visits. It's the side of the city that anyone who goes in may possibly not come out and tell what they saw. It's the side, probably, if Jesus had been around, he would have said, I'm going to just go around the long way. I don't want to go to that corner. And it's because the presence of God is no longer there. I saw this movie just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Castaway. And I don't know how many of you have seen it, but it's a, it's a fascinating story, I think. It's a, about a gentleman named Chuck Noland. And he was living his life every day, just, you know, um, working and relationships and all of that. And then on Christmas Eve, he gets this call that he has to go to work. Now, for Chuck, work is everything. Time is everything. He pours everything into this job. And because he has this ambition, it's to the, to the point that he kind of just leaves his relationships lingering there. And so he gets on this plane, and, and the story goes that somewhere over the South Pacific Ocean, the, the plane uh, starts to break down in the storm. I think a lightning bolt hits it, and, and the plane is now out of control, and the plane crashes into the water. Chuck is the sole survivor of this accident. And he finds himself on an island all alone. And it's on this island that Chuck, once he realizes that he doesn't seem to have any hope of getting home, he starts reevaluating his life. 
See, some of the boxes from this FedEx plane had washed up on shore. And so he starts opening these boxes, these packages, and he realizes that the stuff that was in these boxes really didn't matter that much to him anymore. The things that people had poured in now that he found himself lonely in this island was really irrelevant to his life. And so Chuck starts to take stock of his life. He's, he's trying to come back to a place where to realize what really matters. And, and if anybody knows what it feels like to be isolated, to have to live on your own, can probably relate to what Chuck has experienced. He's the only one on, on this island. You see, sometimes it's the disruptions in our life. Those are the experiences in which we are most open to hearing a word from God. That unexpected diagnosis, that unexpected divorce, that unexpected loss of a job, that unexpected COVID that stops life as we know it. You see, I believe that sometimes those disruptions we experience are what help us come to the realization, to the real purpose that we have in this life. Adam and Eve had been banished from the Garden of Eden in the blink of a bite of a piece of fruit. Their world had been turned upside down, no longer, no longer able to do real-time FaceTime with God, no longer able to worship with the angels in the Garden of Eden. Their world had changed, and they now had to learn to function in a different way. I mean, COVID has kind of felt like that for many of us, right? It kind of has felt like this banishment from one another and from what we know of life. Everything we knew and understood and what was normal has now changed. We're not able to do things like we used to. We no longer are able to be with people as much as we'd like to. We now have options to work from home. We now can either... Um, live, uh, uh, excuse me, we now have options to work from home. Social gatherings have changed. Once where there were bars and restaurants and movie theaters packed with people, they are now having to separate. The world has been altered. People are zoomed out, virtually checked out, distanced out. People want community. They want to be in the presence of other humans. And while extroverts, all you extroverts, this is killing you to be separated. All us introverts are just loving it. We are replenished by the quietness and the solitude to be able to come back out and to be in the energy of all the extroverts. We love our quiet time. But the question now becomes in this, in this verse, what do we do when our lives are turned upside down and an unexpected change forces us out of the familiar into the unfamiliar? 
I think we have to go back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28 to begin to understand. We see what our purpose is. See, the Bible says that in verses 27 and 28, it says that God made man in his image, and he gives them this job to be stewards and to rule over the land and to work the land and protect the land. And, and, and by, but it is uh, to work the land. Adam and Eve have a job to do, but when this world is turned upside down by their own choice, they are cast out of this garden. So we have to remember, I want us to remember that the original job that we were given on this planet as human beings were to reflect the image of God because we were made in his image as well as to take care of the land, to care for the animals, right? That's going to be important for understanding our text this morning. Although Adam and Eve had failed to choose God, they still had a purpose. In other words, there are times in our life when we can feel that we're not, we've made a wrong choice. But even when we make the wrong choice, it still does, does not take away the, the point that we are made in the image of God and that we still have a job to do. This morning, I feel that we need to be reminded that even when our circumstances have changed and the world is upside down, our purpose in the world still continues forward. I know it's hard for us to hear in this COVID season and and, uh, with all the changes that are happening and the relationships that might have been lost and the jobs that are potentially lost and the careers that are, are lost, and sometimes even our faith may have been lost just a little bit or a lot. But I want to remind you what the Word of God says. It says that even though we are hunted down, we are not abandoned by God. You see, God has a way of using these moments that push us out of our comfort zone, whether it is by our our choosing or through a pandemic or a divorce or a loss, to bring out his glory, to remind us of our purpose. You see, Romans 8.20 says, for all things, all things, That means that even the challenges you are facing right now means all things will work out for those who trust in God. That means that even though this pandemic, even though whatever struggle we are going through, the Bible says that all things work out for the good of those who love the Lord. And if you don't believe me, let's go back to the word, because that is truly where the truth comes from. Abraham, let's go to Abraham. Abraham was pushed out of his country. He was told to leave his family. He was told to leave everything he knew. He was pushed out. But what happened to Abraham? Over the span of time, he became the father of many nations. You see, when God pushes us out of our comfort zone, there is a purpose that he has for us to fulfill that we would not find otherwise if he did not have us get out of our comfort zone. Joseph. Joseph was actually pushed out of his family and sold into slavery. And what happened? And what did Joseph do? 
because of being pushed out and overlooked and accused of attempted rape and put into jail, God took all of that and used it for his good and gave favor to Joseph. And he saved the Israelite people and other nations from starvation. Moses, he was pushed out. He was pushed out. And what did he do? He led a people. He led the people of Israel through some of the most momentous moments of history. He got to see the Red Sea open. He got to see manna come down from heaven. That would not have happened, I believe, had Moses not accepted to be pushed out of his comfort zone to view something different that God had for him. And not to leave women out of this, Ruth. Ruth left everything she knew to go to a foreign land and to foreign gods, and she is in the lineage of Jesus. We have Esther, again, pushed out to go live into a foreign king's house. Different traditions, different understandings, different gods, different cultures. She was isolated from everything that she could know. And what did she do? She saved a people. Because she chose to go through the door that God had asked her to go through. I'm not saying it's easy. If anybody knows that going through a door that you can't see on the other side and you've never been there is actually really hard. It makes, it takes courage. It takes faith to walk past something into something that you're not sure of. But here is what I've learned about God is that even though I only have a direct line view, God has a bird's eye view. And if I am a child made in the image of God, who else is going to have my best interest in, who else is going to have my best interest other than him? We are called as a people to trust this God who sometimes banishes us out of what we think is our Eden. All of these individuals were living their lives They were minding their own business. And when God decided to step in and disrupt it, how many of you guys, how many of you have had God in the last week step into your life and disrupt what you were doing? Yes. And how does that feel to be disrupted? You get annoyed. You get irritated. I get irritated. I'm like, God, I have, I have all this stuff to do. Like, can you wait? But every time that I have chosen to kind of bypass what he said, I always end up falling down and I have to come back to where I started. It wasn't like these guys and these individuals were wanting to step into these challenges. They didn't see, they didn't see what was coming. But the difference between the person who will choose to trust God when you feel that he has taken you out of your comfort zone to, with those who choose not to is that God will in fact lead us to our destiny. The world is current, is rapidly changing. And it feels like things are, right now, it feels like things are changing even more quickly. I mean, technology is, is rapidly giving us information, and we have a hard time keeping at, up with it. But here is the thing with the Word of God. 
I believe that the more time that we spend in the word, the more time that we look into his promises, the more time that we ask him for his guidance, he will lead us. And the reason that we need to be led by God is because the church is in a place in this moment in time in history where it feels like it is being cast aside. Some of us can feel that God has forgotten the church. It can feel that God has left the building, so to speak. But when we look into Genesis, when we look at the fact that even though God banished Adam and Eve, within that banishment, there was already a promise given. You see, in that, what we see, how we see this promise is first that God clothed Adam and Eve. He didn't send them out the way they had covered themselves. You see, sometimes when we are ashamed and when we feel that uh, God, we cannot be in his presence, we start layering things on ourselves to cover our shame. And God is, God is saying, that's not going to work. I need you to be real with me. I need you to take off these leaves that you put onto your body that you think are covering you up when the only thing that can indeed cover us up is the righteousness of Jesus. See, some of us think that we have to work our way into the kingdom. There are things that we have to do in order to be saved. No, we are reminded this morning that Jesus did everything we need in order to be saved. But that does that should not leave us to be complacent in this relationship because in order to be in any kind of relationship, it takes work, right? If you are married, you know it takes work to be in your relationship. If you have girlfriends and boyfriends, you know it takes, it takes effort to be into relationship. God had already brought in the promise even though he banished Adam and Eve out of the garden. You see, I want to I suggest to you this morning that even though we may feel we are out and banished out of, from, with this COVID season, we still have a job to do as a church. See, the church is here in order to fulfill this job that God has given us. It is not only to reflect the character of God, but it is actually to share the gospel of God. And we see this because one of the biggest individuals who was pushed out of their comfort zone, or I should say chose to be out of their comfort zone, was Jesus. He left the kingdom. He left what he knew. He left when he didn't have to. He chose to leave and he came down to this earth. And as he taught about the kingdom of God, he would make references about what it was like, what the kingdom of God was like. And if you remember some of these stories, you know that he would speak a lot about cultivating the earth and working the land and scattering seed. It is the same job that he gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. 
So over time, over time, the job has not changed. The job description of who we are and what we need to be doing for the kingdom of God has not changed. Church, we need to stop. We need to stop being focused on everything that is going around outside of in this world. It is consuming our time. It is consuming our energy. It is breaking down our relationships. We need to come back to the purpose, and that is to bring people to Christ. There are people who are searching. I, I have a friend that um, I've been talking to, and I just met her, a wonderful woman, and she was sharing with me how she'd been raised in the Catholic tradition her whole entire life, a devout Catholic, believed in it, believed in it heart and soul. And over time, just recently, she has felt that there, something is shifting in her relationship. And it came about that she started to watch a TV program that was talking about the creation of the earth. And when you talk about the creation of the earth in a Christian context, it's going to bring up the Sabbath. And this woman heard about the Sabbath, and it made her think. She's like, what is this Sabbath? And so she started to dig And she started to seek, what is this Sabbath? And she found her way to a phone call here at this church. And she said, I am willing to leave everything I know, to leave everything that I believe in for this Sabbath. And I said to her, I said, listen, it is going to be a journey It is a journey in which you have to hold on to the word of God and the hand of God as you begin learning about not only the Sabbath, but the character of God. Because I needed her to understand that the Sabbath is not what saves us, but it is a relationship with God that will take that has taken that will take us into the kingdom and i want to share that story with you because i just want to plant that seed that there are people seeking the kingdom of god and if we are thinking about what is happening out in the world on what we need to do what we don't need to do whose side we stand on what side we don't stand on what we do with a vaccine all of that It is completely shifting our attention from the job that was given in Genesis that Jesus came and fulfilled in the New Testament. And at the end in Revelation, we will see that we will come back to a garden, to a garden that God has once again prepared for us. The Adventist church has been given a special mission, church. And whether we like it or not, we've all been given the same job. To reflect the character of God and to cultivate the land. The land is maybe our family, maybe our neighborhood, maybe our community. Maybe it's our own kids, maybe it's our own spouse. But we have to cultivate the land that we have been given I just want to leave you this morning with the thought that even though we may feel cast away, we aren't cast out. See, the difference with a cast out is that they have no hope. They're ostracized. A castaway still has the hope. They're on a ship headed somewhere. They may not know where they're going to land, but at least they're moving forward. I'm a castaway. I'm a castaway. I don't want to be a cast out. 
I don't want to be the person that's standing on the outside when Jesus comes. I want to be the person that is standing in his presence and I will hear his voice, whether from the grave or with my own ears, I will hear my Lord and Savior come. I want to challenge us this morning, church. Let's get back to the mission. That is the one thing that should be keeping us going. We have a beautiful sanctuary, and you all look beautiful in here, but I want to see every seat in here filled to capacity with people who are seeking and wanting to know this Jesus. The journey is hard because we will feel that we've been banished. But just remember, even when you feel that you're banished, the Bible says that God will not abandon us. And so with that, I just want to ask you to bow your heads with me. Loving Lord, thank you for the task of helping build your kingdom. You could have given it to angels to do. And yet you said, no, I want, I want to work with my, with my human beings. We haven't done it all so well, God, but I truly believe with all my heart and soul that all of us under, on my, in this room and watching online, we believe in the mission to make disciples for Jesus. I pray, God, that from this day forward that that, that, that seed continues to germinate in our hearts and our mind. May we be so unsettled that we just say, Jesus, point me to who I need to tell, you, tell them about you. That is our job, God. And we want to fulfill that mission. I pray that you would give us the courage, the strength that we need to do it because we can't do it without you. We need the Holy Spirit. And we, with confidence, God, want to 